Deborah Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, this is Kat. And welcome to my Stand Out and Grow podcast, where today is actually a two-part series where we are going to be talking about millennials and Gen Z. And uh, fortunately, I have two people as a guest today. And let me just bring them on so that they can help me introduce themselves because that way we can get plenty of time for everybody to talk. So I have with me, I'm going to have to take off some banners here. I have with me, uh, Brittany. And, and Brittany, is, uh, help me with your last name because I don't want to butcher it. Yeah, Kanaski. Okay. Brittany Kanaski, who is CEO and founder of Hello Velocity. Thank you so much for being on the show, Brittany. And I know that you and I had met through LinkedIn and I was just really enamored by what you're doing and how you are helping um, the millennials and Gen Zs. And then I thought about Dulcie, and we have Dulcie with us as well. And it's, I don't let me butcher yours too, Dulcie. It's Loan. Loan, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Dulcie is a certified business coach with Focal Point, and Dulcie and I have known each other for a little while, quite a while. And uh, Dulcie's first um, live Stand Out and Grow podcast with me was about the millennials and uh, Gen Z, which was amazing because from her perspective as a, a manager, you know, coaching managers and business owners and stuff, how to manage that team. Uh, I love that we're bringing it together now, right? Bringing it together. Okay, Brittany, give us a little bit background about you and what you are doing. Yeah, so I focus on life and leadership coaching and training. So mostly focusing on those millennial and Gen Z. So early off in the workplace, usually maybe five to 10, 15 years in the workplace and helping them to figure out what that next step is for them or how to get to that next step of maybe it's becoming a manager or it could be people who are already managers and helping them understand how to work more effectively together in teams. Okay. And I, we're going to have an interesting conversation with you because I'm learning from other people that a lot of millennials and Gen Z's are more entrepreneur influenced, mm. but, but we can have that conversation because uh, I, I feel like that's amazing because me growing up and I am a, uh, what is it? Not a, a baby boomer. What's the next one? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, that's me. And I feel like when I grew up, I was raised to be corporate, corporate, do corporate ladder, corporate, 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 you know? So I like that we're having this influence, uh, different conversation, different backgrounds. Okay. Dulcie, introduce yourself. Let us know who you are and what are you doing? 
Okay. I'm a certified focal point business coach. As you said, I've been doing this now for 16 years, coming up on 16 years in December. Um, and, and I really believe that business owners are the most creative people, but never give themselves credit for being creative, but they're incredibly uh, creative problem solvers and they're incredibly courageous people. And so I really partner with them to help them reach that next level, whatever that next level is for them. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let's just start off the conversation with Brittany. Um, so Brittany, just bring us to light, you know, about the multiple generations in the workplace and, and what is their perspective? Give us an idea from their perspective, the millennial and Gen Z perspective. Yeah, definitely. And I usually get asked the next question is what ages are these generations to? So I I'm love it. Make sure we're like on the same page. What does this mean? Because there's a lot of assumptions that go into it. So I want to make sure we all know. So even starting with boomers, like all these generations we even have in the workplace, typically um, the boomers, and there's a few different definitions of the age ranges. So the most common age ranges that I found from different studies, boomers are aged 59 to 77. Okay. 43 to 58. And millennials, 27 to 42. And then Gen Z, 9 to 24. Okay. You're going to have to tell me Gen X again. Sorry. Gen X, 43 to 58. And I wrote these down because I can never remember either. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm trying to type them in the comments so everybody knows. Okay. And then millennials are the next one. What was that again? Sorry. Millennials, 27 to 42. Wow, millennials are old now. Exactly. That's why I do this. People usually assume millennials are still like the right out of college, but they're not. They've been in the workforce for oh, quite a while for the most part. Wow. So, yeah, millennials themselves could have already been managing for 10 years honestly yeah yeah and you know what i'm so glad that you say the age because i think a lot of people still have this old outdated thing that millennials are teenagers or in college or whatever but they're not Mm -hmm. they're adults just like us right yeah they have kids they are yeah multiple kids they've been married for a while a lot of them and yeah or they're 27 so even the youngest millennials 27 have been in the workforce maybe five years already so right interesting right. the level set and then of course we have gen z up to 24 so they're already in the workforce too and they've been there a few years but whether they've been you know went to college or not and so again level setting us here and then the next place i like to think about this especially millennials gen z specifically that other generations maybe don't take this into consideration or they haven't had these conversations with millennials or Gen Z. So I'm often like the stereotypical millennial in the room and like can translate things for people of other generations. <laughs> right. So what do you mean? You know, what do millennials do? Blah, blah, blah. So another thing that's helped these conversations is when I explain some of the just really impactful global or localized big things that have happened in the world while millennials have been growing up. So going back to 9-11 in the U.S., that happened when millennials were between the ages of 5 to 20. So they were old enough to know something terrible happened, that maybe they got these fears, you know, the world is not safe, and it influenced 
them during formidable years of teenage into starting potentially in the workforce. Right. Then we have the Great Recession of 2008. Millennials were aged 12 to 27. So another really formidable time in their life, again, the teenage to early in the workforce. And this is when a lot of people were getting laid off. So a lot of people I knew or knew at the time were unable to get jobs out of college Mm -hmm. or they went to grad school instead of getting a a job right out of school because there weren't jobs at the time. So again, it really influenced just starting out, out in the workforce too. And then of course we have COVID. So that happened, or when that first happened, millennials were age 24 to 39. So again, they were already in the workforce. They had to make this adjustment like you know most people did. And I think these, these three events specifically have really influenced millennials specifically that they're a little bit more cautious in their career, but then yeah. they also have this urge to really want to make a difference and do something that really fulfills them because there's been a lot that have really negatively impact the workplace while they're in it. And then at the next level, looking at Gen Z, again, they were, you know, during COVID, they've been in really formidable times in their lives and careers. So in college and starting off in the workplace, I was actually just reading an article earlier today about Gen Z in the workplace. They, a lot of them that are starting just graduating in the last year, going into the workplace, most of their college career, they were virtual or some sort of hybrid. So they haven't naturally learned a lot of the soft skills that it takes to perform effectively in the workplace when it comes to just writing emails or how quickly to respond to emails or what you need to be wearing, what's professional, what's business casual, what are all those different more soft skill uh, angles to think about it too. So I'll stop there because I know that's a lot already. But but that is like, I think the key to understanding is just the different perspectives of as these generations have been growing up and what that means in the workplace. But you know what, Brittany, we could even take this a step further because if I think about Gen Z, Gen Z never knew an old fashioned phone, right? Mm -hmm. Like we could even do the breakdown of, and that is a major disconnect because like a lot of the things we grew up with, uh, we as in business owners or whoever that are in the either the baby boomer or Gen X phase, right? Those two, um, they've been exposed to a lot more like, I don't know, harder things. Whereas millennial and Gen Z are exposed to a lot of things that make life easier, right? Like there's a major shift in dynamic there. That's a a major shift in dynamic and something to really keep in mind because I, I'm sure Dulcie will touch on this is that's probably a lot of the reason why there's a lot of this because of the big differences. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. interesting to say that too. Of course, technology has changed so much recently. And that's one I hear a lot too, is that, you know, the younger generations, they're, they're glued to their phones or they're obsessed with social media and all of that is true, but it's, it's often seen as such a, as, as a disconnect, of course, because other generations didn't grow up that same way. Yep. But I don't know. I don't understand why we always jump to the negative of like, it's always such a bad thing, but it's like, just because someone had a different experience than you growing up doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. It yep. could, obviously it means we see the world differently. And exactly. So how can we instead help it bring us closer together or, you know, we can learn from each other with different perspectives too. 
you are a great person for what you do because that's a very positive spin on that. That's <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you good? Because we'll get Dulcie to put uh, her spin now. Yeah. Are you okay. Awesome. Go ahead, Dulcie. The okay. floor is yours. So what do we hear from business owners and executives within the, in the workplace? Well, to Brittany's point, it's not all, it's not all negative, right? There's a lot of positives as well. And I think that definitely comes from business owners and executives who really look at that diversity as a strength and try to leverage the strengths that, that the Gen Z and the millennials are bringing to the workforce, of course. But often uh, on the other side of the coin, oftentimes what I hear the complaints about is the phones, you know, always being on the phone, uh, looking at the phone, a lot of distractions um, that take them from the work that they're supposed to be focused on and things of that nature. A lack of the soft skills certainly is something that has come up um, quite, quite readily. Um, and sometimes, and again, this is very person to person, but sometimes they hear just a lack of dedication. Yep. Um, you know, work just bar barely put the hours in, not a lot of dedication, certainly don't want to go above and beyond in a lot of cases, those kind of things. Just more of a, more of a self-centered, I guess, would be a way of putting it, a self-centered outlook. Uh, when they come to work. So whereas some of the other generations, like what I came from, there was this a lot of dedication and commitment that was visible. It was noticeable. You, you made those commitments. You made those sacrifices. Not saying that was necessarily the right thing to do. Um, we don't see that as much from from those younger generations, for sure. And I would say that kind of sums up the key uh, complaints, if you will, yep, that yep. we hear from business owners. And this actually came, I, I don't, I, just to remind everybody, this actually came from a challenge that I got from my clients. So we had, I had done the podcast with you about how businesses need to change to appeal more to yep. millennials and appeal more to the Gen Z folks. And one of my clients, who's close to my age, said, well, hey, what about the other side of the coin? What about what what employers expect right. from these employees and that it does have to be a give take? So he, he issued that challenge, hence why I'm here today. I promised him I would do a, a podcast <laughs> to yeah. fulfill that. So Yeah. And thanks for uh, adding that because that, that was the whole purpose of this. And, and it was right. a great challenge and it's a great point. So Dulcie, I, I have to always add a little to what you're saying because I am an employer. I do have uh, some millennials and Gen Z working for me. And so I think a lot I think a lot of times with um, business owners, because we're a type personality or, you know, we're just driven and our mechanics are different, right? Our mechanics are different. And this applies to any employee, not just millennials and Gen Z. Okay. A lot of times I want it more than them, right? I have to hold myself back. And the other thing too is I'm a problem solver. That's why I'm a business owner, right? I solve problems and I don't necessarily have employees that solve problems and maybe that's not their strength. And so that can be frustrating. The other thing I think that comes out with millennials and Gen Z is, and you really touched it, Dulcie, is that there is a focus on me. 
right? Because there never was a focus on me and I embrace it and I love it because there should be a focus of me. You know, what's in it for me? What's me? And then in the old fashioned way, the old day, it was more or less, you need a job, right? I got a job and you need a job. So you got to do what I say, right? <laughs> right. Right. And and it's no longer like that or it shouldn't be like that anymore because uh, I'll tell you what, I was in corporate America for 27 years and nobody ever asked me, hey, Kat, are you doing okay? Nobody right? It was do more, do more, do more. You're not doing enough. Do more. You're not doing enough. Do more. Wait, you got to stay later. Oh, wait, forget about it. You got to come on the weekend. Oh no. Okay. Come early too. So there was a, a lot more of that in the old, you know, standard. Absolutely. Way. There was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how the Gen X and baby boomers are really brainwashed. And the other thing that I really embrace that Brittany touched on is that uh, millennials and Gen Z really are looking for a social cause. They're looking for something to attach to, right? That gives back. Okay, so now let's talk about, as we segue, because I highlight a few things, is like, how does this cohesively work together then? How does it work together? You, you ladies can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to let Brittany uh, do a lot of talking here. But one of the things I just wanted to say was the more I've researched this, the more I've discussed it with others, the more feedback I get, the more I'm realizing that it's not so much a difference between the generations, although the differences exist, that success, the equation for success really comes from the attitude of the individual. And that applies to any generation, right? Yep. So it starts with, at least from the business owner side, it starts with really hiring the right people that buy in to the mission of your business, the, perp the why you're there, why the business is there and how it serves the world. So hiring those people that really buy into that, that are really excited about what you do. So we're really, really looking for those attitudinal qualities because that's 80% of the battle. Oh, big time. Uh, once we, once we get there, then, um, then you've got, you've got it almost fully licked at that point. And then it's really about leveraging those strengths and appreciating those strengths and those differences that, that these people bring to the workplace. Right. right now, I'll, I'll hand it over to you as well. Yeah. And I, and I would add to that, Dulce, is uh, you really touched on it, is if a business owner or a manager, whoever, if they're not understanding the strength and the weakness of each individual person and then applying that to the appropriate roles, you know, because we can shift, we should be shifting based on those strengths and weaknesses, you know. Mm -hmm. Go for it, Brittany. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you. Before my specific ideas, too, I wanted to add on to what Dulce is saying, too, is that when we are more specific to the individual, too, we're not making those assumptions that are generational wide, like assuming that someone that is Gen Z is really good with technology, because maybe they're not. Maybe they don't yeah. even have social media. Maybe they, you know, don't even like that. So I think it helps us communicate better, too, when we're looking at the individual and not just oh, labeling them as a generation, oh, they must be good at this, or they're probably awful at that, and actually get to know them and their strengths and weaknesses, too. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah. Okay. So one, one of my specific recommendations that I see really, really helping this, and these are also really simple. That's why I love about these ideas too, is, and it really mostly comes down to expectations on both sides, just being really yeah. clear with what your needs are and how we're going to bring that to life. So specifically when it comes to expectations of your roles and responsibilities. So that's something I see over and over again with both Gen Z and millennials is that a lot of times they do want to do a really great job. They are motivated, they're ambitious, but a lot of times when it becomes unclear what it is that they need to be doing or the timeline or anything like that, then they tend to shut down because maybe they're afraid to ask for help or they're afraid to you know, talk to their manager about it or they don't know how to or they don't have like that safe environment to reach out to their manager. So getting really clear with your employees, hey, here's you know the deadline, the deadline. for the project, Here's milestones along the way where we're going to check in, maybe the annual review process, make sure that's super clear for them too and what those expectations are. And even with new employees, I see this a lot for Gen Z specifically. I know that's another complaint that I've heard before is that uh, it can be hard to get people to even start the job. You know, people are having issues with hiring and then are they actually going to show up on day one? So something to think about there is being, and again, this may seem too much for other generations who didn't need this before, but again, with Gen Z's perspective of coming out of COVID and working remotely or being in, in college remotely, not having the soft skills, they need a very clear expectation. Hey, here's what day one will look like. Here's what we need from you before day one. Leading up to that, here's your expectations. Here's what day one looks like. And getting even as specific, you know, if it's an office, here's what your day will look like, where you need to go, where, you know, who's going to be your buddy for the day. Here's what most people do for lunch. Here's what to wear, like really specific again, because they didn't always get those soft skill, like nuanced training from people either in college because they were, you know, working or studying at home or they maybe haven't had in-person internships. So again, maybe even getting really granular about it. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I've been ghosted a lot by millennials and Gen Z. What is that? I've never ghosted a person, especially a hiring person. I don't get that. And I, I mean, so I guess my question to you is how how can we get and whether they're on our team or we're exploring candidates, how does the line of communication get better? Because I know that the communication for millennials and Gen Z is different than it is for me or a boomer. Um, but whenever I get ghosted, I always feel like, wow, wow, I guess they're just not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't show up for day one. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And I mean, I certainly cannot justify it or explain it because I don't understand it either. But I think, again, with those maybe expect clear expectations to in the email to say, you know, you know, in the onboarding process of, hey, we need to hear from you by this date or else this happens. And just really being clear where maybe before that used to be implied of like, hey, we uh, need your acceptance or we expect you to start at 8 a.m. on this day for day one. But again, maybe trying to get as granular as possible with that. With I mean, it doesn't have to be too much extra work, but just trying to keep them engaged during that process, too, of the onboarding before they start to be, 
you know, I've seen two recommendations of sharing on LinkedIn. Hey, we're so excited. Yeah. This person accepted. They'll be starting next week. You know, everyone share, you know, what yeah. your favorite thing is about this team or something like that. So try to get them engaged before they even start. It can be helpful, too, to make them feel part of the team. Maybe a swag bag or something might help, too. I mean, doesn't, doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> right, right. And to, to be clear so that everybody knows whoever is watching or listening, my team is remote. So it's easy to ghost me, mm-hmm. you know, right. whereas I'm not on site where Dulce probably has clients that are ghosting their on site, you know. So it's just um, it really is heartbreaking. I wish I could, you know, prevent it or be better at it or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, And Brittany, to your point, um, I, I think everything you suggested is fantastic. Um, but you're right in some of the bosses or some of the managers would say, I have to do all of that. <laughs> For, <laughs> you know, that would be their, their response to that, you know, so they're having to adapt and change as well, of course. But one of the, what it, from, from the manager executive point of view, one of the Um, recommendations I would give to younger employees is to recognize that they are coming from generations where things changed a lot faster. And we're all human. And regardless of whatever generation you belong to, humans do not change that fast. We just don't. And so to recognize that and to recognize that organizations don't change that fast, right? So and to be a little patient with that. So organizations are making a lot of changes to be more competitive in the employee marketplace, yep. to appeal to millennials, especially Gen Zs, to appeal to them. Um, but those changes come slowly sometimes and not as quickly as we would like and not as quickly as those younger employees would like. So what I would encourage them to do is it is a give and take here. So be a little patient, be a little understanding and kind of roll with it for a while, because, again, we're all human and it takes us time to make the changes and it takes time to change those attitudes. Like I have to do all of that for a new employee. You know, those attitudes change, but they change slowly. Right. So um, and sometimes we have to we have to be a little patient and let 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 us older folks catch up to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Uh, okay, Brittany, are you going to add more to that? Because I was going to ask you another question. Uh, yeah, I have another. Go ahead. Another okay, good. Good, keep good. Going. Yep. <laughs> another, another angle to think about expectations, both employees and employers, is more the workplace expectations. So another thing we hear about a lot is work from home and remote work, flexible work and all of that. And Uh, A recent Deloitte study found that both millennials and Gen Z, less than 20% actually want to work fully remotely. So that's another misconception I hear a lot. All millennials, all Gen Z just want to work from home all the time and they don't work when they're working at home again. Another generalization I hear a lot. That is interesting in itself. They do want more of the flexible. So maybe a hybrid environment and especially Gen Z, again, they're craving that in-person workplace because they haven't had it yet or much at all. So they 
especially want it more even even more so than millennials. So having those clear expectations, you know, during the onboarding process, but then also as current employees too, checking in with them, what do what do they want, helping them figure out what would work best for them and keep, you know, what would help keep them happy and, you know, what makes sense for the team and how often are we checking in? You know, do we have those one-on-one scheduled? Do you have that, you know, meeting or that space to communicate what your needs are? How can they be more, you know, prepared? And um, and I also like to think of it as almost working agreements, whether you're a new employee yeah. or a team that's been together for years, actually verbalizing what that agreement is, is, hey, I'm going to work in office these days. I'm going to be at home these days. I'll be available between these hours. Again, these used to be just such very commonplace things in the in the workplace. You didn't have to verbally say this out loud. It was just implied or they told you on your first day we work nine to five, you get an hour for lunch and that's it. Where now it's almost for the most part on an individual basis. So making sure people know when you're available, when you're not available and to the degree of preferred communication, because there's now 20 different ways to get in touch with people from, you know, email calling, video chatting, you know, your teams or whatever apps you're using too. So having those clear agreements amongst the team members, especially of, Hey, if it's, something really important you just need to call me or you know i'll be i'll be on slack or teams again whichever it is you know find me there or if it's something you need me to do email me so that it's you know part of my like to do emails like again it sounds super simple but then also like really granular details that we didn't used to have to think about but it just helps make you know everything more cohesive when we're really clear we're really on the same page and we can just work more effectively together Okay, so two things in what you just said. So first thing, you were right. I incorporated a work agreement. It's not a contract, it's a work agreement. And it's better than a handbook. Well, I think you still need a handbook, especially if you have on-site. But the communication is way better when we hire somebody, onboard them and have them sign a work agreement, spelling out everything like you just said. I mean, it's really just basic information, but it's spelled out, you know? So that does help 100%. I would agree. The other thing I I think I would add to that is I found that um, millennials and Gen Z don't want you to reach out to them on social media because they don't want, they don't want to feel like you're stalking them, right? Stalking them. Mm-hmm. And they prefer the text or the, not even a phone call, but texting or, um, I mean, messaging, which I hate, email messaging because I got too much, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I think they prefer the texting, but that's just my two cents. So what are, what are your feedback on that? Yeah, I think it really depends on the person too. Like I, again, mm-hmm. hate to generalize things, but I don't oh, know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's so different. Like personally, I do not like to work via text because I like to keep that personal. Mm-hmm. I don't like to have unread notifications, but I have my fairly strict work hours. And if someone texts me outside of that, I'm going to leave it unread. And then I hate having that notification like haunting me. Yeah. So personally, that doesn't work for me. I'm more, I need the email if it's something work-related or urgent, you know, call me, we'll be fine. Um, But yeah, so everyone's a little bit different for sure. But I'm glad you touched base on that because like with my team, my team, 
I tell them never to share their personal phone number with their clients because those clients will be texting them at three, four in the morning because entrepreneurs get up early. That's what we do. And then if we were, if it's bugging us, we're going to text, Oh, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know? and they, they did that to my clients uh, or my employees once before. And I said, never again, don't give out your personal phone number or WhatsApp app or whatever, because they'll be texting you at, three and four in the morning and you don't, nobody wants that, you know? Yeah. I think the key, the key is really to manage those expectations and and just establish that up front. One of the things related to what Brittany said that I work with my clients on constantly is first of all, consistent, um, very consistent touching base with them, you know, um, having those meetings or how are things going? Um, and, And it's really, really important organizations are moving to this, albeit slowly, to a a results-oriented business. So in other words, where, Kat, you and I might have been used to the chalking your tires kind of environment, Mm -hmm. right? Where did you clock in at eight, did you clock out at five? Um, Nowadays, it doesn't work so much. And, And so what's best to do is get to a, where it's measured by results, Right. So I don't really care how long you work or how many hours you work. That's where the flexibility comes in. But rather, I'm going to evaluate your performance on the results. Yeah. Right. Um, The results that we've agreed on as part of our our communication, as part of our work agreement, the results you're going to produce. I'm just going to expect you to produce some, you know, with some guidelines, of course, there's some um, obviously expectations that have to be met there, but we're going to, we're going to really measure a person's performance based on results. And where I think, um, Brittany, you can, you can chime in on this. I think where this becomes really important is that empowerment. And this is something that I work on with my clients all the time, because most of my clients, but small business owners are very guilty of trying to do everything and micromanage yeah. and things of that nature. And so what we really need to be able to do is evaluate by results and provide that independence, provide that empowerment, because as we said, these, a lot of these younger folks are, they're independent. They're kind they want that balance in their lives. They want those kind of things. So the more that we can empower and give that independence and let them solve their own problems, let them come up with their own solutions and just get to the result that we're looking for then everybody wins, right? Because they want to be challenged. They want that independence. And so if we can provide that, that is that is hands down the way to really attract the right people and then keep them once you've, once you've got them on board. Yeah, that's a very good point. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like that always, it just, for me, it always comes back to having that structure for these employees of, Hey, here's what success looks like, you know, measuring results. What does that result look like? How will we measure it? What's that time frame? But then what's the structure of how I can support you along the way as a manager, you know, and having that working agreement too, is it, Hey, are we going to check in every week on this project every other week or however often is it a scheduled meeting? Is it a, Hey, call me whenever you need help again, setting up that agreement between the manager and employee of here's, you know, when you need to help, here's what we're going to do, or here's how we're going to check in on the milestones to get you to that end result. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Fulfilling my promise to, to my client. Um, The other side of that coin is again, it comes back to attitude, right? So the trade-off 
is that employers are really looking for that commitment, that dedication. We're providing the flexibility. We're measuring by results. We're not chalking your tires, those kind of things. We expect, though, a certain level of commitment, um, a great attitude, and just bringing it every day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That good point. Love yeah, it. because some will take advantage of that, right? And again, yeah. this comes to the person and their their individual attitude, and that they can be of any age for that. Uh, but some people will take advantage of these things that employers are putting in place, rather than saying, "Hey, you know, they're giving me this stuff. I need to meet them in the middle." Yeah. And give them that commitment and that dedication and that honest to goodness hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else, Brittany? That was it on my okay. Okay. My <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Well, good. I mean, this is a great conversation. I think we could go on and on and on uh, because there's so much around not just the hiring part, right? The managing, the communication. I mean, there's just so many elements there. And then at the end of the day, it's like what, you know, Dulcie, what you said and Brittany, what you said. It's each individual, we just have to respect each individual person. They're all individuals and they all have their needs, right? In order to function, um, just like we were or we are when we work in an environment. Um, the other cool thing, though, and I'm going to bring this up, Brittany, and if you can add to it or, or have any feedback, that would be awesome. I have noticed that a lot of millennials and Gen Z do more work more than one job. They always have a side hustle. And I think they're the ones that probably made the side hustle big as it is what it is because they're trying to generate wealth and they're either trying to plan for an early retirement or trying to plan for just being self-reliant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate that. And I have a lot of respect for that. And the, people on my team, if they have a side hustle, it doesn't bother me. But I do know, and Dulce, you might know this, I do know that employers hate it or they're against it. And I don't, I can't figure that out or why they are, you know, do you ladies have any thoughts on that? I think they're, the only time they're against it, my, this is just my experience with my clients. The only time they're against it is when the person is focusing on that when they're supposed to be focusing on their job. Um, if, if it's a side hustle, truly a side hustle okay. where it's not an impacting their work, then they typically don't have an issue with it. That's been yeah. my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have seen that too, like studies showing that side hustles and part-time jobs are growing among millennials and Gen Z for sure. And I think it goes back to what I said earlier too, that, these generations generally are looking for that more fulfilling work or like the passion projects or things like that. So it's either, it can be about the money and that's, you know, the early retirement and all of that time too, or it really is like, Hey, my, my full-time job doesn't fulfill me, but it pays a check. So I'm going to do something else in addition to that, that helps fulfill me. So I can do both and not, you know, not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and start their own, their own business and it's not for everyone. So it's yeah. a good way to kind of scratch that entrepreneurial itch without having to yeah, quit the, the salary and benefits and things like that. I, exactly. Are there, so Brittany, from your side or even Dulcie, are there red flags that people should be looking for in regards to 
if a millennial is having a hard time communicating or you know what I mean? So that they can adapt. I mean, cause I feel like that maybe there's a little resistance to communicating because they're afraid to raise their hand or they're afraid to say that they they're not versed in that topic or whatever it is. Yeah. I'd say, you know, obviously the quiet quitting is another one of those buzzwords and what's become more popular in the last year. So I'd say, <laughs> you know, that in itself would be the red flag and what, okay. Yeah, what I what I would say that probably would look like is that they are really just disengaging from the work. Maybe if you can tell that can be another hard thing if you're all working remotely. How do you tell how engaged they are versus not? But again, the speaking up in meetings or hey, have you had a one on one recently with them? And, you know, are they do they still seem engaged? Are they excited about what's next for them or are they just kind of coasting and we all know, you know, again, we're human. Sometimes yep. you have a lot going on in your personal life. You may need to coast for a little bit at work be, to mentally, physically, or whatever, deal with anything else going on. But being upfront with, with you know, your employer about that too can be really helpful. So it comes back to hopefully having as honest conversations as we can on, on either side to check in and pay, you know, what is it that you want in the future? Are we helping you get there? And if not, how can we help you get there too? Yeah. I also find out too that not everybody's motivated by money. And I think employers forget about complimenting. And I think employers forget and managers forget about highlighting the strengths or it doesn't it ha doesn't have to be a big win, right? It doesn't have to be a big win that um it's always nice to get a compliment, you know? And not a forced one, right? It's an organic, natural compliment that really is well-deserved. And I think people forget about doing that sometimes. You oh, know? They, do, they do very much. Um, it, it, it comes back, I always remind them of Ken Blanchard's catch people doing things right. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can be deliberately looking for it and still have it be completely authentic as well. Mm -hmm. um, one of the w red flags for me is when I when I'm interviewing a candidate, I'm always looking for introspection. So if they don't have any introspection, that's a clear red flag for me. In other words, so I want a person. So if they if they have been through COVID, they're 24 years old and they're lacking some soft skills, what I'm looking for is their recognition that they're lacking those skills, because that tells me that ties right into attitude. That tells me that they recognize that, they're doing something about it, they're asking for help about it, whatever that case may be. But I, somebody who lacks introspection, to yep. me, always ends up being a problem. Yep. So if they have that introspection, that's what I'm always looking for because that's so closely tied to attitude. If they're if they're they have that self awareness, then they're going to do what's necessary to fix the deficiencies and leverage their strengths that they bring to the table. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, okay, ladies, thank you so much. As we wrap this up, um, I guess what I what I would say is. If you guys want to, Brittany, we'll start with you. Uh, let people know how they can connect with you. Sure. That way, uh, anybody watching or they want more insight or they want more dialogue with you, I think you're a great perspective. You said some great stuff. And it would be awesome if people, you know, connected with you. 
Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. And yeah, feel free to connect on LinkedIn at Brittany Kanaski. I know the spelling is weird, but we have it over here. And <laughs> you can check out my website, hellovelocity.co, and you can schedule a call with me. You can read more on my blogs and learn more that way as well. Yeah. And just as if you're watching, then and you see her website, it's not hell love city. <laughs> Cause that like it threw me for a loop when I first like was writing it out and it's, it's just like what it is. Hello, velocity.co. So don't, don't look at it and get confused. Like I did tongue twisted. I was like, what, what is this? (laughs) Awesome. And is there anything that you do or like people can take advantage of? Do you do a free consult? What is it that you're doing or offering? Yeah, so I'm happy to do anyone that mentions this podcast, this live stream, happy to do 15% off a training or workshop for their team, for their millennials, Gen Z, or their managers. Awesome. Thank you, Brittany. Yeah. Okay, Dulce, your turn. Oops, okay, um, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm old fashioned, so I'll give you the email first. Um, it's D-L-O-E-H-N at focalpointcoaching.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn as well or at my website, which is dulceloan.focalpointcoaching.com. So you can get to me any of those ways. And if they mention the podcast um, today that we've done, it, there's a free coaching session. Awesome. Awesome. Why wouldn't anybody want to take advantage of that? I know. You always get huge value out of it. And it's just a little bit of time. That's all it is. So, Well, thank you, ladies. I appreciate having you on the show today. It was a wealth of information. Like I said, I feel like we could chat forever. And Dulce, you're going to send this to your client because it was a great challenge. And I'm so glad we were able to find Brittany, who this is her focus and this is what she does. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it worked out really well. So thank you so much, ladies. I'll thank see you. you. <laughs> thank you for watching my uh, show of Stand Out and Grow. I appreciate you joining in. If uh, Make sure you join me next Monday as we have another podcast for Stand Out and Grow. And until then, you got this. you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks.
Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.